and welcome to this week's edition of The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge Television, brought to you by our good friends at Ditch Witch. Bass Edge Television is currently on the World Fishing Network and on the Wild TV Network in Canada. And big news, starting in January 2009, well, we'll tell you more about that in a second. Hey, this is Outdoors Dan, and I've got my good friend Aaron Martin along, and I guess we're going to be checking in with Mr. Dave Wolak this week. Is that right, Aaron? That is right. We were able to catch up with him uh, down in South Carolina, so uh, he has a great interview. Actually, it's on preparation for fishing new as well as existing bodies of water, so it'll be a great interview. Wow. Now, I know I just did a big tease, and we got a lot of stuff to cover, so you ready to go? I am. Let's do it. All right, folks. It's all right here for you on The Edge. You're listening to The Edge, the official audio program of Bass Edge. Brought to you in part by Ditch Witches On. Experience the revolution. Uh Uh-oh, look here, I got one, I got one. Look here. (laughs) I mean, he whacked that football jig. The blades will dictate a lot of times the speed of the retrieve or the depth of that bait. Oh, good fish, good fish. Did you see him come off that log? Woo, look at that son of a gun, man, that's awesome. You know, you've got to just stay active. Fishing is not easy. Oh, man, that's a toad. This is unbelievable. All right, folks, welcome to the edge. This is Outdoors Dan. I wade in creeks all day young, and along with alongside <laughs> my good friend, Mr. Aaron Martin, who is the host of Bass Television. How you doing, pal? Hey, I'm doing good. Let's let's talk a little bit about that I wade in creeks all day long, because it's not with a rod and reel. That story is, uh, when you told me that, and being as cold as what it has been, Dan, the last uh, few days, I should say, that's got to be pretty uncomfortable. Aaron, I think I've come to the conclusion or the rationale in my mind that this is going to be my last year as a professional hunter. I'm going to start fishing for a living. Because if I'm going to get wet, I might as well do it from a boat instead of... Yeah, I tell you what, it's been crazy. It, uh, we've been, I've been in Kansas the last weekend. they got seven inches of rain, and uh, the, everything's just a mess. The, normally, these dry creeks have got six, seven sometimes up to three or four feet of water in them. Right. You know, and, I mean, you have to go across those creeks to get to your stands. Sure. And, you know, when you drive seven hours to do a show, you got to muddle through it. That's and, right. Uh, boy, I tell you what, yeah, it was 22 degrees yesterday. I, I tell you, that's no fun getting wet. No. Uh, somebody's got to do it, though, right? You know, you got to take the good with the bad and uh, just don't catch pneumonia out there, you know? No, that's why I came back to Iowa <laughs> for a couple of days to dry out. I'm going to head back on Thursday. But, uh, yeah, I mean, deer season's here. The, the moon phase is right. The farmers aren't going to be able to get the crops out for a while, and I don't know how that's going to affect the deer movement. But, uh, you know, the Halloween week and things start moving, and then, you know, this is going to be uh, the 1st of November, and, you know, the deer are moving. So it's just, uh, you know, folks, if you are out there bow hunting, just be patient, it'll happen. But yep. it's like fishing. Yeah. You know, we've, we've said this a thousand times on this podcast. You can't be married to one philosophy. That's right. That's right. you got to be versatile. And it's just crazy. But, you know, enough about me. Let's get to this big news. Uh, starting in January of 2009, I'm a little jealous because, you know, my show's on Fox Sports Midwest, but nothing like this. You guys are going to be on the Outdoor Channel. We are. And, uh, you know, it's uh, being released right now as we speak. Uh, we, we decided to release it to the Edge listeners first. And uh, so we're very excited. It's actually going to be on three times per week, uh, Saturday, part of a fishing block and then also uh, two more times during the week we'll get you more information out concerning the schedule but uh, very very exciting for us and uh, we're, we're just uh, proud to be a part of the outdoor channel with the other affiliates that we now have so uh, kind of exciting 
Now, you know, I'm really proud of you and Don and all the other guys at Bass Edge. You, folks, if you haven't figured this out yet, Bass Edge is home-based in Washington, Missouri, which is my hometown. I grew up there. And I'm really proud of you guys because, I mean, I've been doing this stuff 11 years, and this is your fourth or third or fourth season? Yeah, this is actually going into our third season. Third, and, uh, third season. You, uh, guys have, you guys have done very well in a short time. And I'm proud of you because it, it's a major accomplishment. So congratulations. Well, thank you. And uh, I'm honored actually to be a part of this, and it's a lot of fun. You know, and speaking of a lot of fun, Dan, you know, we've been talking the last several weeks about this whole fall transition, depending on where you're at geographically and kind of how that breaks down. But I can tell you, just like you spoke about the deer being on the move, the fish are definitely on the move. And uh, I think that is been illustrated with some of the catch rates that I've been hearing about, just different ones that I've been speaking with all over the country. People are catching fish, and it is exciting because the fish are following the bait fish, and they are feeding up for the winter. Oh, listen, I've had some personal conversations with some of these bass in these creeks when I'm crossing them. I think, they're, they're, just, they're coming up telling me, you got any extra food? I'm hungry. I mean, I, I know you're telling the truth. Yeah, they're eating I'm, the corn off your waders. I'm right? telling you, I've seen it firsthand. No, nah, they're moving. It's it's crazy, and yeah. uh, they're getting fat for winter. That's right, that's right. So it's fun. Hey, we got a lot of stuff to cover real quick, so let's move on. Uh, congratulations first to uh, Kim Bain, first woman to qualify for the Bassmasters Classic, so Big congratulations. Most there, definitely. Very, very uh, tall accomplishment there, so congratulations out to her. Absolutely. And then what's this Bass Edge boat? The Bass Edge boat. Legend is offering a, a special deal. Obviously, um, they provide us with a boat to film out of. L let me just put it, I'll cut to the chase. If anyone out there is in the market for a boat, they have given us the opportunity to kind of release this uh, to the Bass Edge uh, listeners, viewers, and readers uh, at a discounted price. So by all means, shoot us an email or call the Bass Edge office, and uh, we'll get you hooked up and get you some more information on how you can save thousands of dollars on the purchase of one of these boats. So it, uh, it's a... Demo boat goes out brand new, warranty transfers, everything else, and you can get right into the very rig that we film out of. Well, there you go. And I hear that you're getting ready to cowboy up. Yes, uh, cowboy up, heading to the PBR finals out at Las Vegas with B&W Trailer Hitches. I'll be out there at the Fun Fan Zone. Uh, hanging out at the SEMA show, which is the truck show, and also the PBR finals. So if anyone is out in that area, make sure you come by. We're going to have the Nintendo Wii fishing game that we spoke of and a lot of free giveaways. would love to talk fishing with you. Oh, that's exciting. And folks, last but certainly not least, you know, it's a very important time in our country right now. Please don't forget to get out there and vote this week. That's right. Well, listen, I want to go hear from Dave. Let's go ready? talk with Dave. He's always a pleasure. All right, folks, we're going to be right back with Vaseline Angler Dave Wolak right here on The Edge. Give any type of boat the edge with MegaWare Keel Guard. It's simple to install, and we can now beach our boat anywhere. If you own a boat, you need one of these. MegaWare Keel Guard protects the keel of your boat from sand abrasion, from underwater obstructions, even concrete boat ramps. Kit started under $140, and best yet, it's guaranteed to keep on protecting for life. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. Welcome back to The Edge, brought to you in part by Ditch Witches On, establishing a new standard in trencher power and versatility. All right, we are back on The Edge, and joining us for this week's Angler Spotlight is BASS Elite Angler, and that is Mr. Dave Wolak. Dave, thanks so much for being part of The Edge. Oh, thanks again for having me. You know, Dave, we spend obviously a lot of time talking about uh, anything here on The Edge that will give us um, kind of an added advantage in, in education and information. And of course, a lot of that is spent talking about the fundamentals of angling, maybe bait choices, how to uh, work a specific bait or techniques to employ. I would like to shift gears from that a little bit this week and, and really talk about about preparation 
for when you are approaching a body of water. And that starts really starts long before you launch your boat. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I mean, there's a couple prerequisites that I look for when I um, am going to be approaching a new lake or a, especially a new lake that I haven't been to before. Uh, that I, information that I could get on the internet or from histories of reports of tournaments and things like that. Um, and just kind of a keep it simple, stupid approach of just looking at what time of the year I'm going to be there. That gives me an idea of knowing, you know, basically what I'm going to be looking for. Am I going to, is it the springtime and it's going to be pre-spawn fish? Uh, summer, obviously, uh, offshore, fall, starting to work their way back into creeks or whatever the case may be because you may be in a river or, or, or whatever. But um, I, I just try to approach it by simple, simple things that just key me into the basic preparation necessary to, to approach something. And... Um, Bait choices and all the really specific things I try to figure out when I get there, and I feel that I can figure it out quick enough when I get there with just limited time. But I do like to know water temperature, if there or if there is not vegetation, and time of the year. Those three things kind of just key me into what I'm going to be doing when I get there, and then the specifics I could figure out when I do get there. You know, it, it's been said before that obviously, regardless of what level of angler you are, maybe it's a recreation that doesn't formally compete all the way up to somebody that's your level being a BASS elite angler. You know, bottom line is is time is of the essence. So making sure that you know you have prepared and maximizing that time once you get there has to play a major role into your success on the water. Yeah, and it does. And there also could be something said about over-preparation. I mean, you could go there with uh, preconceived notions and anticipation of it being a certain way and rig all your rods to have lures that are what you anticipated being. And you get there and it's changed. And out of almost, I don't want to say laziness, but uh, because you had anticipated it so highly of being it, you know, a certain way, you could not want to change. And I, one thing I definitely try to do is not over-prepare for the event in terms of rigging my rods. Actually, many nights, Sunday night before I have an official practice day on Monday, I have rods rigged up and left with no lures on them in my box so that when I get there, I go with my gut feeling. And there's definitely something to be said about that. You know, Rick Clun talks a lot about his you know instinct and in, involved in fishing. And I mean, it, it definitely is instinctual and you have to go with all the the history that you have and everything has to just say you know what today's a spinnerbait day and today's a, a swim jig day to whatever it may be and and that may come with an experience but it also may come with just that gut feeling that you get by saying you know it's overcast now i should be switching to a topwater and even though you may have smashed them fishing with a jig and practice or, or or whatever it may be you you have to make those moves, and many times some of the biggest uh, tournament stringers or just recreational days out there where I had great a great time, it was a move that I made just by a gut feeling. Uh, so I, I try to approach it with just an open mind. So let, let's assume that, you know, we've done our homework, looked at the Internet, uh, maybe stopped in on our way, you know, to we've got, we've got all of our, our lodging and all of that preparation is taken care of, and, and now we're officially, we've arrived at the lake. How do you, I guess, break it down then? Uh, we know the seasonal condition of where to start based upon that that information, you know, because information is one thing, but what you do with that information is a whole different avenue. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd probably say that I'm primarily a, a shallow guy. I, I try to find fish shallow because I feel that with a, a, a water column that you're dealing with of three feet or less, if there are fish somewhere in that range, they're going to be easy to catch because presenting a lure in three feet of water can be figured out a lot easier than what they want in 16 to 30 feet of water. So I'm, 
I, I'm going to try to target shallow fish. So one thing I do is I look for just the water clarity that I like to fish, which is a little bit of stain to, to dirty, and also water temperature that's uh, a good temperature for bass that they are, feel really comfortable in. And, uh, you know, this could be most uh, distinguishable when it's in the springtime. Uh, you'll have, say, a main basin of the lake, and then the back of a creek is... 65 degrees as opposed to 50 degrees out on the main lake you know those fish are going towards that 65 degrees in the back of the creek one way or another and you're going to find fish that are easier to catch back there so water temperature and clarity are the first two things that i look for and then you know there's going to be specifics that are added on to that that you could figure out while you're out there but uh in, in terms of finding fish quickly and you know in a way that you like to catch them just look for those characteristics that you feel comfortable dealing with and and the two of my most important ones are water temperature and water clarity. Can, in your opinion, can too much information be overwhelming? Yeah, it could be overwhelming. And then again, it's you're getting back to those preconceived notions of what you think they're going to be doing. I mean, you, you read a tournament report or a fishing report on the internet that says that you, the guy caught 50 fish on a football head jig, but where was that? And what was the situation? What was the, the wind and weather that day? I mean, there's, there's, there's so many other variables that could be thrown into that, that you almost have to just go out there with an open mind. And, and, you know, sometimes that stuff does help. I mean, you have to know what is a dominant pattern usually at that lake, and you don't have to know what kind of class of fish you're looking to catch. I mean, if you're, you know, in my case, if I'm fishing shallow and I'm catching two pound fish and the winning stringers of fish are three to five pound range, then, you know, I'm, I, I know I'm doing something wrong and I need to change. So that's good in that way. But, I just try to use it for the basic approach instead of trying to find specifics because uh, going into with the preconceived notions, like I said, could really kind of hurt you. You know, and, and speaking of specifics, you, you keep a very open mind while you're on the water. However, kind of the antithesis of that is you're very methodical and very systematic when it comes to things that you can control off the water from whether it be, you know, organizing your tackle and, and all of those different things. Can you talk a little bit about how that not only puts you at peace of mind, but also really contributes to your success on the water? Yeah, you know, that's a great point because, I mean, here's a good example. You want, you have that gut feeling that I was talking about of, say, I want to pick them. You know, this, this top, that top water bait that I caught them on five years ago would be perfect on a day like today in this water clarity, this type of grass, whatever. And you don't know where to find it in your boat and you don't have it in your boat. So, what I try to do is in the off season, all the preparation I do is to make my mind at ease of if I need something, I have it right here. I know where it is. I know how to get it. It's I know it's going to have the right new hooks on it. All those little things make a huge difference in just putting your mind at ease on the water and, and, and having all the answers right there for you. And, you know, everything from your equipment working properly to where I can find it in the boat, try to have that stuff done prior to getting to the water because uh, it's a big test out there of time and and if your time is of the essence then you need to have everything at your disposal and would you agree that that is a tremendous advantage for let's say you know friends that fish together a lot of times you know guys will hook up whether it be in a tournament situation or just for the weekend and maybe you take the other person's boat um, you know, coordinate and have that discussion in advance because obviously you don't want to take more tackle and duplication of, of you know, just based upon the weight and, and space requirement, but also just for reasons that you just said to make sure that something does not get left behind that, you know, could prove to pay dividends throughout the day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've all had that, you know, one friend that says, hey, can I borrow your tackle box? And it comes back and there's three lures missing that you always use. 
and then you go get in a tournament situation and, and you don't have them or somebody that you fished with is just overall messy and has stuff spread out all over the boat. You don't know where to find it. And it's almost just a, a, a subconscious aggravating feeling that you have all day when you're out there on the water if you are an organized angler. And uh, th- that that rides on you. I mean, you have it has an effect on your overall day. I mean, there are variables that you don't want to think about out there on the water. That's things that you want to just, you know, have your mind at ease and have it just be uh, an easy decision for you to make. I need this top water. Boom, there it is in the tackle box in the back left compartment. And I mean, that's that's how it's always been for me because I, you know, I, I time is of the essence again. Right. And, you know, taking that, I guess, even a step further, you know, looking at it, let's say for even shoreline fishermen, you know, you have, there, there's only so much that you can carry, or maybe you're fishing out of a, a small float tube. And, and we've spoke about this before, you know, and, and kind of the attraction to that is it's somewhat that you're fishing pure because you're, you're limited on what you can carry. And I know you grew up, um, you know, walking the banks of, of trout streams and, you know, but there's still things that you can do even with limited space and not being overwhelmed with taking too much tackle uh, to still have success, um, you know, given the conditions that, that you're facing. Yeah, and you almost have to look at it as like this, like you said. I was, you know, even for smallmouth bass, I used to walk the Susquehanna River and wade in the in the river, and I'd have to wear like kind of like a fanny pack that had everything I needed for the entire day because I'm going to be away from the truck and away from all my tackle. And um, you have to kind of break it down into components. And and do I have enough weights? Do I have enough hooks? Do I have enough topwater baits in case they want that? And do I have another, you know, enough other accessories that I'm going to need throughout the course of the day? And and that could be magnified into your into your boat and your, and your tournament fishing or your your more advanced recreational fishing. You have to break it down into components and go through everything, especially in your off time or in the off season, and and say, do I have enough of this? And is this right? And is it going to be easily accessible for me? Yeah, because I think human nature is the more space that we have, the more we'll, we'll fill it. You know, it oh, doesn't necessarily right. mean it's better. And it's it's never been magnified more than with a fisherman because we're, <laughs> we have everything in the world in the back of our truck and in our boats. Uh, that's right. You know, and kind of shifting gears now away from just the, the kind of the preparation as far as physical preparation. How do you keep, you know, motivated and, and stay focused um, when things, you know, maybe the bite's off a little bit and, and you don't have any other option than to try and figure something out. You know, can you give us any thoughts or insight into what Dave Wolak does to keep himself in the game? Well, I guess, you know, the underlying motivation to me is that, number one, somebody's catching them somewhere, somehow, and they're going to catch them. And Again, you know, a lot of that goes into history and what you're looking for at a certain time of the year. So, I mean, again, if you're catching two-pound class fish and, you know, three to five-pound class fish win, then that's what you have to be targeting. But it also goes to, you know, your motivation personally of doing well is always trying to strive for what is maximizing your potential. And and in a case that, like, I'm preparing for a tournament and and say, I know the fishing is going to be really tough and I'm focusing on getting five bites per day, I have to break it down to what I'm going to get the most bites on. And uh, sometimes it's finesse fishing. I mean, it's, you know, I've many times done well in tournaments by just breaking down and fishing a, a shaky head around on anything and everything because I know I'm just fishing for five bites. And any way I could get them finesse fishing is the answer. Uh, so I guess in a really tough situation, I'd have to say that it's just kind of know what you're shooting for and know that somebody's going to ultimately catch them and to any way you can just keep positive and and definitely just know that your ultimate goal is to just go out there and work hard and do the best that you can and whatever the outcome is it is you know as a professional angler that's how you make your living and for those of us who are more on the recreational side can you allow yourself the 
option, I guess, of just saying, you know what, it's just not going to work out today. Today's just off. Is is that a true statement at all? You know, it's not for me. And and what I always tell myself is just that if I work as hard as I can throughout the day, something good might happen. And many times it has. I mean, I go for hours sometimes, and as we all do, without a bite. And if I keep making moves and I keep working hard and I don't just sit there and give up and there's, you know, I... I talk about being in shape sometimes, and I say that that's what I feel sometimes helps me is that that underlying laziness of like you just said of like not ah, I just give up you know it's gonna it's stinking today I don't feel like fishing anymore or whatever if I just keep working hard and I keep making the decisions I think that are right and I just don't be complacent and just say this is it I'm just gonna sit on this grass line the rest of the day and not make a move because you know I, I don't really have any other options. If I keep thinking and working hard, sometimes great things happen. It's many times, you know, it's the last 15 minutes of the day. And just by keep, you know, continuously making moves, I make the right one and I'll get a big fish and, um, and, and it works out. I mean, I had an instance like that last year at Amistad in the last Bassmaster Central Open. I knew that I could catch as many schooling fish as I can and, and only do about 12 pounds. So I made the move to go flip grass mats and shallow and I didn't get anything for probably four hours except two little bites. And I knew, and I kept moving, and I had all these waypoints that I kept hitting these grass mats, and I kept telling the guy that was with me, I said, you know, one of these is going to have a big one, and it was like the last half hour of the day, I made another move, and if I probably was a little bit lazy that day, I wouldn't have made that move because of the four hours of no bites, and uh, at, at the end of the day, I caught one close to seven pounds, and it ended up getting me in the classic, and I felt, you know, look, looking back at that, that was ultimately what I needed to do, is just keep persistent and keep positive and, and just... Uh, and stick with it and not be lazy and uh, and, and something good will happen. In our uh, last last minute here, is, is that explanation different uh, from what you just described than being out there just randomly making cast and, and going through the motions? Yeah, it is. Uh, but I definitely say that, you know, if you're a recreational fisherman, sometimes you don't have to be that critical on yourself. I mean, I'm we're definitely more critical on ourselves because we have to make a living at it. But sometimes... Every day that you're out there that it's even a bad day, I know this is a saying in fishing, that you're you're learning what not to do. And that's really important to me, is because even if you have a, a bad day out there, you're learning what's not going to be advantageous to you in a tournament situation or in a day where you're trying to maximize your time. So learn from the bad days, too. Well, Dave, as always, great advice. Uh, any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, definitely go on to ask the pro section of uh, BassEdge.com. And if you guys have any other questions, I'll be sure uh, on there to answer them for you. Well, again, thanks so much for your time. Wish you uh, the best of luck in the upcoming season after the first of the year and uh, look forward to rooting for you in the Classic. Thank you. We'll be out there trying to hit them hard. I got to tell you, that Dave Wolak's fun. He's, he's a good guy. He, he is a nut, Dan. He filmed with us last year on season two. I just shot a show, another show with him on Lake Murray uh, down in South Carolina. And this is one you don't want to miss. Of course, all the episodes and all the anglers are good. But Dave just has a, a personality about him that, I mean, I was literally in stitches the entire show that we were down there filming. So, um, But I, I thought he put an interesting spin kind of on his preparation. Yeah. Well, and I, I thought you were anal about your boat stuff. I mean, come on. You know, putting little tabs on everything, that's going a little far, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, his kind of thoughts are, and, you know, that's how he makes his living, obviously. Yeah. Um, Dave, so, I'm just kidding, by the way. You know, he, but he when he goes through and organizes his boat, he, he basically uh, files everything according to the tackle that he's going to be using there at the lake. He doesn't want to, obviously, with today's gas prices, you know, he doesn't want to be carrying around extra weight uh, that he doesn't have to to where he's got to be fumbling through uh, boxes.
boxes that maybe aren't necessarily in use. But I also thought just how he organizes the, the heavier items are towards the back of the boat for his performance, you know, when he's running the boat. All those little things actually play into um, kind of your psyche uh, throughout your fishing day, whether yeah. you're fishing a tournament or just recreationally. Yeah, and I love the way he does his preparation long before he even sees the water. Yes, yeah, and you know, that, and that starts with maybe uh, looking at the Internet, uh, but also just spending time in his boat going through he's very meticulous when he ties jigs when he ties a knot i've literally sat there and watched him tie three of the same knots because he wasn't satisfied on the first two but that type of attention to detail really i think is one of the reasons why he continues to qualify for the Bassmasters classic and why he's had success and i think we all can learn a lot from him yeah well you know what you sit there and get the right knot and then you don't have to worry about breaking off that's you? right you know, and I've seen, uh, how many people are out there, would you take a guess, that just went ahead and just tied a knot really quickly and got a good hook set, and then before you get to the boat, it breaks off? Well, I've been guilty of it. I mean, just yeah. to admit, you know, I, I've been maybe in a hurry or just during practice or something like that, and just sat down and, you know, burned uh, the line when I when I tied it. That's one of the important uh, reasons why you want to make sure that that's moist, because that fluorocarbon will, will burn on itself. But, again, sharp hooks is another thing, you know, just yeah. making sure that those crankbaits, those hook points have to be sharp to get, make sure you're driving that hook through the fish, or otherwise they're going to come off. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of times you don't even see that line coming up over itself to cut itself either. Right. you right. really got to pay attention to that. Most definitely. Well, I was really impressed with him, and he seems like such a nice guy. And you know what? He's right. I mean, you have to do everything to maximize your fishing time. No question. I mean, and it's about, it's as much about eliminating water as it is about finding what is working. And uh, I think Dave, you know, certainly shows that every time that he hits the water. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff there, Dave. Folks, we need to take another break. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Larry Bird, not the basketball player, different <laughs> Larry Bird. I know what you were thinking, but we're going to talk a little uh, electronics when we come back on the Inside Edge, right here on the Edge. You've got the truck. You've got the toys. Now it's time to get the hitch that gives you more time to play with both. It's the toe and stow receiver hitch by B&W. You want options? Select the ball size, adjust the height to level the trailer, or stow it out of the way in just seconds. It's 10,000 toe and pounds worth of durability, convenience, and the latest technology that has made B&W famous. The toe and stow receiver hitch by B&W. Call 1-866-BEST-HITCH. Welcome back to The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge. All right, we are back on the edge, and this week's Inside Edge installment is with Lawrence Pro Staff, and that is Mr. Larry Bird. Larry, thank you so much uh, for being part of the edge. Thank you, Aaron. Glad to be here. Hey, you know, Larry, uh, I've got to say, our, our relationship kind of dates back, and not to spend too much deliberation on there, but, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to ha have you on the edge is because, of the, you know, when I first met you, it was basically at a bass tournament, and uh, had some questions concerning my electronics, and obviously, you know, you're a professional angler who travels the tour, but also you play a very vital role for Lawrence Electronics, and that is helping individuals like myself uh, make sure that we uh, stay informed, but also stay on the water when it comes to their use of electronics. Yes, Aaron, I'm privileged enough to be a technical pro staff for Lawrence Electronics, and they allow me to fish events that I go to, with the exception of uh, the championships, of course, we, uh, the, we have to keep those guys on the water at those events but i'm really privileged to be a technical pro staff for lawrence and and you know as the other service technicians it's very important when anglers like yourself that use uh, lawrence electronics are 
at these events that they're able to keep keep going. There's minor things. You might knock a transducer off on a stump. You might uh, need your data backed up on your unit from your uh, lakes that you've been fishing because the units get full, and you need to be able to wipe those units And when you get to a new body of water and uh, put new data uh, on that unit. Well, yeah, and, you know, you, you bring up a good point there, and that's exactly what I want to spend some time on. You know, and, and one of the other things that, you know, just on your qualifications that I can appreciate, not only do you understand kind of the technical background, but, you know, first and foremost, you're an angler, so you understand what it takes to, and the importance of having those electronics, uh, you know, at, at your fingertips and, and also knowing how to use those. Can you talk briefly before we jump off into really the data management aspect of it? You know, is that something that, that you depend on a lot when it comes to uh, kind of your fishing? Very much so. You know, years ago, when we'd get a map or whatever we could, of a body of water we were going to. And these days, we've got these great maps that Lawrence and Navionics and other companies put out that we can slide into these units. It gives us an overlay of these bodies of water we go to, and we're able to see, before we ever get on the water, we're able to see what's there. I mean, an idea, get an idea of what's there as far as the breaks, the contours, the humps, the ridges, and it really gets you thinking when you go to a body of water what you're going to do before you get there, depending on what time of year it is. Well, you know, and and I know because you you consulted on the project uh, when when I had some things going on with the filming of the Bass Edge Electronics uh, DVD that we just came out with in the deep fishing. Um, one of the things that you pointed out and then that you've been working with with us on has been really the management of of kind of your data. Uh, meaning specifically the waypoints and how you can actually extract those from your unit, put that on the MMC card, and then basically manipulate that on your PC, your personal computer at home. Can you talk a little bit about, just with the time that we have, of uh, the importance of that and how you go about doing that? Yes, we use uh, MapCreate is what we use as far as Lawrence sells MapCreate, and MapCreate gives you that opportunity that once you have data in your unit, you can take an MMC card or an SD card, scan disk card, go to your unit. You can go under your system sub, transfer data, and simply download that to your chip. You can actually give it a unique name for the body of water that you're on. Or I use chronological. I fish some of the same lakes over and over again, and I actually give them names of the lake, and I chronologically give it a date code behind that name, where I know when I back that code up. Then I'd go to my PC, and once I've got it on the chip, I'd go to my PC, I bring it in, and I manage that data. I can delete trails, I can rename the waypoints if I need to rename them, I can give them different symbols. And then once I have that done, I can save that to my PC, and as we've learned, PCs crash also from time to time. So you can actually back that back up to an MMC card or, or a DVD or CD. And you've, you've got that data permanently. You've got that data. Now, if you back that up in the spring of 2005 and you wanted to see, and you've got the same lake level, same weather conditions in the spring 2008, well, guess what? We can upload that same information back in that unit, and we're ready to go. So quickly, what are the advantages to kind of this, what I would consider this backup or external management, you know, of this data? Some people can ask their friends or some uh, some of the pros that fish the tours, and what they'll tell you is their units, after a period of time, if they mark a lot of waypoints and, and use a lot of different trails, their 
their units get full. And they've got waypoints all over the country. And now what we what we're gonna do is we're gonna take and we're gonna go to our PC and we're gonna take and we're gonna say, We just want these waypoints for this one lake or these waypoints for this one part of the country or this one state and we can actually delete the rest of those waypoints out and now our unit works faster and it's got room for other information on the unit. And, you know, in our, our last closing 30 seconds here, how does an individual go about um, kind of getting that, putting that in place to where they can manage that data? What's involved, whether it be financially or, um, you know, equipment-wise to, to be able to do this? Well, up-to-date PC, you need Map Create 7 from Laurent, and you need your Laurent's electronic, and you've got everything you need. Wow. So it's as simple as that. Just simple as that. You know, well, of course, we mentioned the SD card and the MMC card, and one of those comes with the Map Create Seven when you when you buy. It. Doesn't get any easier than that, Larry. Unfortunately, we are out of time. But uh, in, in kind of our closing thoughts, I want to wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for being part of the Edge, and I can assure you, we'll get you back either here or also on uh, Bass Edge Television to get some quick tips, video tips, and things like that. Thank you, Aaron. As you can tell, I get really excited about using my electronics, and I appreciate any opportunity I have to pass knowledge on to others. Thank you so much, Larry. When I'm fishing in a tournament, time is critical. I need fast, easy access to my lures. My Cook's Go-To Tackle System keeps my bait organized, tangle-free, and within easy reach. It installs in minutes under any deck lid, maximizing the storage space in my boat. And its durable construction lasts even through the harshest conditions. Get organized with Cook's Tackle System by calling 1-888-390-8780 or online at cooksgoto.com. Welcome back to The Edge. Outdoors, Dan, along with Mr. Aaron Martin. And you know those SD cards drive me absolutely crazy. I don't know how you keep all that. I got enough problems on my trail cameras. And with you guys doing all that stuff on your electronics, it would drive me nuts. Well, and, and actually, you know, one would think that it, it uh, and it's a little hard to get used to kind of no. changing that thinking. But one of the things that I found out, Dan, that was really frustrating is when you started saving waypoints, you know, you have all these waypoints on your electronics unit. And that can actually over... Uh, or fill up, you know, your memory, and just the organization. A lot of times you don't need all those trails and all those waypoints for other lakes uh, all on there at once. So by managing this data like Larry speaks of and actually using your computer, man, it totally simplifies the system. Yeah, keep a file for every lake. Whatever happened to the day is just grabbing your old rod and reel and going, <laughs> well, I, you know, you bring up a good point because prior to, you know, the whole, um, I guess, onslaught of the electronics age, you know, people used to, and anglers used to have to basically coordinate off of, let's say, landmarks or, uh, you know, a certain tree, uh, lining up the boat, things like that. And it was a lot more difficult. Yeah. And, you know, I, still a lot of that comes into play. But, you know, this whole technology era has, has really elevated kind of fishing uh, to a to a whole new level. Well, I was just thinking about something. Did you, you, know, you know who Tony Dean was, don't you? Uh, vaguely. Okay, vaguely. Tony Dean was really strong in the Dakotas area, a very well-known professional fisherman. And unfortunately, Tony passed away last week. Oh, my. So I was thinking about stuff when I was driving back from Kansas about Tony and, you know, all the old people like Denny Dennis. I know he yeah. knows who that is. You know, Denny was, a lot of people don't know that, but Denny was a, he fished professional tournaments. Sure. You know, and Virgil Ward and all these guys. And can you imagine what it would be like to step out of our time and go back to those guys' times when they were 20? I mean, going back 40, 50 years ago. Right. And it's a different world. 
Oh, it is. And, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's why we have to hold the utmost respect uh, really for kind of the, I, I don't know if you want to call them forefathers or those that went before well, us. Because, I mean, their day of fishing, it's kind of like going back to the Old West, you know, when mm-hmm. you had to ride a horse and do Pony Express for the mail. I mean, that's, that's really the equivalent of that. And thank goodness for them uh, for helping our sport to grow. And, you know, specifically talking about on the electronics and like with what Larry had to say, you know, that was one of the reasons why the whole Bass Edge Electronics DVD and deep fishing came about was to really, again, take it another step further. And things like Larry speaks about, um, man, those those little things that you do can really pay huge dividends in the long run. Absolutely. I don't know who it was, but there was a pro that sold his boat last year. And you might have even been the one that told me this. I can't, is there somebody called in on the radio shows or you told me? But he sold his boat, and, he, and part of the boat deal was electronics went with it, and all his waypoints. Yeah, that was Jamie Cyphers oh, okay. when he was fishing the U.S. Open out on Lake Mead. <laughs> that, can you imagine? Oh, my God, I left all my waypoints there. <laughs> yeah. Those would be worth gold, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like uh, uh, leaving all of your credit card information exposed online or something because that's that's worth a lot of money. Oh, absolutely. That's just crazy. But, you know, you know, thank God that we, we are living in a time where it makes these because it's, it's no different than hunting. I mean, anything that we can do to harvest an animal more efficiently is is just a better experience all the way around, and it's better for the for the animal. That's right. You know, so it, all this is good stuff. It's just I, I was just kind of thinking back when I heard about Tony and thinking back with Virgil Warden. You know, people we grew up with. Sure. It would be neat just to go on a weekend trip with them back in them in those days to see how much what the skill level was at that time. Kind of like playing baseball with Willie Mays or oh, Babe sure. Ruth. Yeah, I mean, going back in the 20s, I mean, it's just right. a totally different world. Same sport, different world. That's right. You know? Hey, we don't also, uh, don't you, you brought up the DVD, folks. I hate to say it, but Christmas is right down the road. What a great gift. Yeah, it is, it is, and we're very proud of it, and I know uh, it's it's kind of making the difference with a lot of anglers. And, you know, I, I was r- really shocked on how much that, uh, you know, Mike actually got into on that and just the information that's available. If there would have been something like that out when I first started angling, you know, I would have probably been... A lot better angler than what I am today, but uh, regardless, it's a great product, and, and uh, we're very honored to kind of have that as part of the collection. Well, don't shortchange yourself. You're one of the best <laughs> camp fishermen I ever met. Yeah. So there you go. Hey, we got a product giveaway to do. We do. Yeah, and from somebody from our state, Platt, yeah. Platte City, Missouri, and I believe it's Bruce. Yeah, it is Bruce. And uh, Bruce is going to win what? He wins a Season 2 DVD set, uh, so that'll get shipped out to him because he included all of his shipping information. So congratulations, Bruce, and uh, everybody else. Make sure that you get your entry sent in, and you can get in on the fun as well. Yeah, please put your contact info in there. That's right. Hey, speaking of uh, the latest, greatest stuff, don't forget to go on BassEdge.com, check out the new merchandise. Also, look at the new new e-newsletter. You know, because that's all updated. Are the video clips up? The video clips are up. So you got new stuff there on video and on the uh, on on the uh, downloads there. And don't forget about Ask the Pro section. It's a great resource to talk to some of the best pros in the business, folks. So it's all right there for you, free at BassEdge.com. And if you're checking us out on iTunes, please give us a rating. We'd love to hear what we're not doing or what we are doing right. And uh, in my instance, it's what we're usually not doing. <laughs> but uh, there you go. And hey, uh, who's up next week? Next week uh, we have a surprise. I'm not going to release it yet, um, but uh, great interview. I think everybody is going to be shocked when they when they hear actually who the guest is. Really? Yeah. Ted Nugent. Uh, no. Not Ted. No, it's, uh, I'm not even going to say because right. it'll it'll no hint. No no hints. It's a. Uh, 
No, I'm not even going to give any hints. <laughs> right. Well, hey, listen, if you're out there in the Midwest and you see a big chubby guy in real tree camel crossing a creek, it's me, Wave. So uh, hopefully things are going to dry out here. But, you know, Aaron, uh, I think we need to go. We do. So, folks, we'll see you next time. For Aaron Martin, this is Outdoors Dan right here on Bass Edge. We'll see you next time right here on The Edge. Bass Edge would like to thank the following sponsors who make the Edge audio program possible. Ditch Witch, Mother's Waxes and Polishes, V&W Trailer Hitches, MegaWare Keel Guard, Cook's Tackle Management Systems, Ardent, Rule the Water, Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Superstar Batteries, and the Clarks Hill Partnership of Georgia. For more information on Bass Edge, including our television show, training materials, e-newsletter, and podcast, please visit www.bassedge.com. Be sure to join us next week on The Edge.